It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Welcome to Follow the Money. This show is, of course, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dave Ross, Matt Humans coming at you for the next three hours from a very quiet circus sportsbook. But it's not quiet on the East Coast, Matt. Uh, good morning, my friend. Are you Mitch and I'm Paul? Is that uh, the way we do this today? Well, some people said that I look like Mitch. You do. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't look like Paul. Mitch might object to that. Yeah, Mitch is like, oh, I'm much better looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a lot to get to. We're going to have a great uh, crew with us today. Tim Brando is going to join us here uh, a little bit in hour number two. JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, and the king of New York, as I like to call him, Will Hill, is going to get Three up Three of my early. favorite guys on today's show, Tim Brando, JVT, and Will Hill. Looking forward to it. Going to talk a lot of hoops, obviously, of what we saw over the weekend as we get ready for the second half of the NBA uh, season to really begin in earnest. But before we get there, we did have one marquee matchup I felt like last night on the docket in College Hoops. We have some big-time matchups tonight that we're going to get to as well. But very quickly, before we get to tonight's slate, Houston doesn't cover the number. They win by eight last night against Iowa State. Matt, you have been much more immersed than I have been when it comes to College Hoops. It was my first real look at if we're looking at two elite teams that Mm -hmm. we think potentially can make deep runs. Obviously, visions of grandeur for Houston down the road in the NCAA tournament. You know, we thought maybe offense is going to be challenged. It goes over the point total last night after a really slow start. Are either one of these two teams, maybe Houston more so, capable of cutting down the nets? Uh, Houston could, sure. Uh, I don't think Houston will, but when you're talking about teams that are capable of doing it, sure, Houston's in that discussion. And I would say there's maybe 15 teams in that uh, group that could cut down the nets where you're talking about winning the national championship. Now... I don't think it's going to be like last year where we had three Cinderella types get to the Final Four. We have Florida Atlantic, uh, San Diego State, and uh, Miami. Call Miami a Cinderella because nobody thought the Hurricanes were going to get there. Right. They've never been there. Uh, along with UConn, I don't think it's going to be like that. You're going to see uh, at least two or three, I think, of the uh, high seeds, you know, the top three from the top three seed lines get to the Final Four. And one, one of those is probably going to be UConn. I'd be really, at this point, really, really surprised if UConn is not a Final Four team. And last week at this time here at Circus Sportsbook, you could bet UConn to reach the Final Four at plus 170. Whoa. At DraftKings right now, it's plus 110. At Circa, plus 115. Obviously, uh, the betting market, very impressed with uh, what the UConn Huskies are doing. Now, if you go to Ken Pomeroy, the analytics site, mm-hmm. KenPom.com, which uh, almost every college hoops handicapper or media guy cites, Houston is the number one team on Kim Palm. 
Connecticut's number two, Purdue number three, Arizona four. And that's what was interesting to me because, and I thought what you said about 15 teams potentially could cut down the nets come March versus last year, whereas this free-for-all and then UConn clearly was the best. Even mm-hmm. though UConn was a lower seed last year, I believe a four seed going yeah. to the NCAA tournament a UConn year ago. UConn did not win the Big East tournament right. last year. A lot of people forget that. So I, I go and I go, all right, if UConn is now, I believe, five to one, shorter size to, to win the whole thing here, and they're going to take on Creighton tonight, they're going to be a small road favorite tonight. I look at them and I go, okay, if they are not a super team, and it's hard to have super teams, obviously, in college basketball these days with the turnover that you have, uh, they're as close as potentially as we've seen. We just saw Kansas City repeat in the NFL, which doesn't happen, that hadn't happened in 20 years. Connecticut is the favorite to do just that. If Houston is number one in Ken Palm, I'm curious as to what they might have over UConn in order for Ken Palm to find that rating. Is it just the defensive prowess that we associate with Houston? Because UConn, we know, can get after you defensively as well. Yeah, Houston's number one in defensive efficiency. So that's a that's big, probably the. Uh, I, I think uh, Houston's got too many offensive deficiencies mm-hmm. uh, to win the whole thing. But uh, Houston's going to be a tough matchup for anyone in the tournament. You know, it's been about 20 years also since we've had a repeat uh, winner in college basketball. Florida Gators, That's Billy right. Donovan, Billy the Kid. Wow. Uh, this UConn team's going to be a serious threat to do that. So we could have a repeat in the NFL with the Chiefs and a repeat in college basketball with UConn. It might be the year of the repeats here, uh, Super Dave. So we'll see how it plays out. But right now, I mean, the, the cliche in college basketball for everyone who talks about it is – as of last week, it was UConn and Purdue and everyone else. Now it's UConn and everyone else after Purdue lost on Sunday. To Ohio State, and uh, they were big road favorites, didn't get that done. So th- I guess that begs the question tonight for UConn. It's sure. still sleepy for uh, February before we get to March. Now they're going to lay three in the road against Creighton. Is this a, like we saw last night with Virginia going up there to Castle Coliseum, even though Del Curry did not play for the Hokies last night. Virginia Tech whoosh, slaps around UVA. Uh, could we possibly get one of those type scenarios tonight where sure. way that small number in UConn, buyer beware. Anytime you go on the road in college basketball, it's going to be tough. You know, and you see it in the Big Ten, the Big 12. You're going you're gonna to see it. Uh, you're seeing it in the SEC in the mm-hmm. Big East. Uh, to me, this number opened a little bit too low. DraftKings opened UConn minus two. Still got minus two and a half at minus 112. I would have to play UConn here. This is a... Uh, and this is one of those see it, I've got to see it to believe it situations. If you're going to beat UConn, okay, I'll tip my hat to you and say job well done. But if uh, I'm going to bet this game, I'm going to bet the Huskies on the road and lay the short number. It's going to take a big effort from Creighton and maybe some home court cooking in terms of the officiating for the Blue Jays to pull off the upset in this game. Yes, Dave, give me that look. Well, that look- happens a lot in college basketball. That's why <laughs> another reason it's so tough to win on the road. You don't get the calls. And, uh, well – UConn right now, I think I, I made this number four. Okay. Uh, so I've got UConn's power rating pretty high, and it's really impressive what Danny Hurley has done because Huskies lost their top two players, the most outstanding player from the tournament, uh, their lead guard off last year's championship th- team, and here they are again as the best team in college basketball. Hey, I, I've, I'd have to bet UConn in this situation if you beat me. So be it. You're taking down the number one team in the nation. But I'm going to play UConn on the money line here at around minus 145. And the reason why I gave you that look is because I'm, I'm thinking about Danny Hurley. He's a maniac. He, he's, he a, he's a maniac, right? So can't you see and hear Danny Hurley tonight say, we're not going to be Purdue. You see what happened to Purdue? They go to Ohio State. Like, we're going to go to – like, you can just see him. We're not going to fall for the trap that they fell for. And Creighton's a better team than Ohio State. Yeah. Much better team. So I'm I'm kind of picking up what you're putting down there with the Huskies laying a small number, even though it feels like it could be a trap like Virginia, like Purdue. This is still the best team in the country. I was was on Ohio State against Purdue. I mean, that that was one of those situations where the Buckeyes made a coaching change. You knew they were getting a new life on the season, and they were going to play with a lot more energy. Uh, Purdue was walking into a tough situation there. If you handicapped that, you had to see it beforehand. I, I was not surprised at all by that. Now, UConn's working in a tough spot here, too. It's going to be – the atmosphere is going to be off the hook in Omaha tonight. It's going to be – It's going to be rowdy in Omaha tonight, and uh, it's going to be tough for the Huskies to go in there and get a win. But, uh, you know, UConn – I don't like to play road favorites in college basketball yep. either, but UConn is going to be the exception for me because it's the most exceptional team in college basketball. I, I don't think it's – right now, 
all that close. We're going to talk a lot of college basketball, obviously, throughout this program uh, when we talk to Tim Brando and also Will Hill in hour number three as well. I did want to talk a little bit about what we saw over the weekend in the NBA All-Star game, or if you have apathy like me, what you didn't see in the NBA All-Star weekend, because i got to be honest with you, there's a difference between people being outraged about what you saw Mm -hmm. uh, in the All-Star game and not caring. And I'm to the point of like, look, you're just losing me. Look, if you want to bet the East and the over, congratulations, those numbers easily cash for you. But the bigger story there, I thought, was LeBron James. And what LeBron had to say all weekend and talking to Chuck and Shaq on the TNT broadcast and basically said, well, one, I, I didn't know that Golden State that I might get Delta Golden State. I just had no idea oh, that this stop. was even a possibility. Hey, I'm finding out, Matt, just like you are. That's what LeBron said. He's so full. <laughs> but then he goes on to say, you know, I'm 50-50. If I really want that, he said, I saw the Kobe tour. I saw the MJ tour. You know, Matt, just don't know if I want that because, LeBron goes on, as I paraphrase, I'm not good at receiving Phrase. adulation. Yeah. If there's anybody that loves adulation, it would be LeBron James. I think the antithesis of that would have been MJ, and to a degree, Kobe. I don't know how much they really cared. MJ sure sure as hell didn't care. But for LeBron to come out and say those things, does it make any legitimate sense at all that he possibly did not know that there could be a seismic shift in a trade to Golden State? Or is that just LeBron being LeBron? We've got the LeBron audio, too. We'll have to get to that later. We're going to get that later. We're going to hear from LeBron himself about what he said about this. And it's hard not to listen to LeBron and laugh. Uh, because he is full of it. And uh, he, he's a, the definition of a drama queen. And unfortunately, a lot of the stuff we saw in the NBA All-Star Weekend, I think LeBron has big influence over that. Guy's not really caring about the All-Star game. You know, once you move past the MJ era and the Kobe era, those guys were kind of, I felt like, the glue to the league in terms of keeping it competitive, mm. in terms of the intensity in events like the All-Star game. When you have LeBron as the face of the league, you see what happens. And he's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of influence and power over what happens. Adam Silver, it's kind of got Adam Silver. You know, he's a puppeteer working as prop. Talked about LeBron working Silver as a prop. You know, the players have so much power in the NBA now. Um, it's unfortunate that the All-Star Weekend has disintegrated to what we just witnessed. It's an embarrassment to the NBA, which is the association's been great for so many years. You know, it's a storied a league in terms of the, uh, the history and all the great players. And to the point now where it's, unfortunately, over the weekend, it was a laughing stock. It was a joke. I mean, it makes you get ready for the second half of the season to, actually wa- to watch the actual games because there was no interest for me. There was just none. And again, I, I, if they ever fix it, can it be fixed? Who knows? No. Probably not. No. This is what it is. And guess what? People like me will just sit out and wait for the actual games that you hope mean something down the stretch. We'll find out what that means for LeBron and the Lakers. I still think he's one of the 20 best players currently playing in the NBA, but you hear those things, you go, LeBron, come on. You don't have to try to pull a wool over our eyes. Maybe Russell Wilson did that to the Broncos. We'll discuss Russ next and where he might play when you come back with us right here. Follow the money on Visa. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for a betting edge in college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns of every single game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. Alongside another pro, Matt Humans. I am Dave Ross. We continue this edition of Follow the Money, in for Mitch and Paul today. And I noticed, Matt, no coffee for you. You come in cold. You come in, it's 4 a.m. here on the West Coast. You just mm. got a bottle of water. No coffee. And a bottle of room temperature water. That's <laughs> uh, all you need. We and you're good. still don't have a refrigerator back here in the studio. We drink <laughs> warm water every day. I, I've never, uh, I actually have not had a drink of coffee since I was about, I'm going to say, five or six years old. You never fell for the Dunkin' or the Starbucks traps nah. or anything? None of those? Nah, I actually went to a church function with my parents. I was forced to go when I was like five or six years old. And uh, the way that normally works. They had one of those receptions in the basement where they had you know a bunch of cups of coffee out and donuts yeah. and things like that. And I snuck over and I grabbed a cup of coffee and I drank it. And it was so bad <laughs> that I've never touched it again, ever. <laughs> now. And that's, and that's the truth. That's, I haven't, 45 years later, I still have not had another sip of coffee. I hated it. That was kind of like me with Copenhagen. My dad made me try because I saw uh-huh. Carlton Fisk, the old commercials. Just a pinch between cheek and gums gives you great tobacco flavor. That lighting up. <laughs> so try some. Get some Copenhagen. So we went down to the old store, down to Kmart, and uh, I'm 10, and put it on the conveyor belt. And the girl checking us out goes, is this for you? And my dad goes, oh, no, it's for him. And then he puts it in. He says, no, get more. Put a whole bunch oh, in there, boy. spitting out of the... Made yeah. you sick. He said, you still want to be on Carlton Fisk? I was like, yeah, just without this. I never made it to the to the Major League Baseball scene. Uh, Russell Wilson <laughs> is the type of guy that, kind of like LeBron we talked about in the A block, he can be an alienating personality. But I don't think anybody denies, certainly nobody denies LeBron, maybe the greatest of all time. Russ, is he a Hall of Famer? That will be an interesting debate once his career is officially done. I guess the question now is, is it officially done in the Mile High City? Oh, the, he's, done, he's been done along for a long time. <laughs> well, is, but, is that a joke? What? Well, I mean, because Sean Payton's supposed to be able to revive his career. Sean right? Payton, does, he never wanted Russell Wilson. He inherited Russ. Yeah. And we see this all the time in the NFL, right? You get these, these coaches that come in. You got the quarter. Like, we're seeing it possibly in Chicago with Justin Fields. Iberflus inherited him. What are they going to do at one with Caleb Williams? We'll talk about all, all that. 
But there are odds now associated with where Rustacular could end up to begin this season. And I guess before we get to the odds and which team we actually think could be a fit, my first question to you, is there any fit? Is there a team out there, Matt Humans, that you go, yes, this actually makes sense for where Russ is at this stage of his career to go to any team and go, you know mm-hmm. what? We can win with Russ as our starting quarterback. Yeah, I think there is going to be a fit. Pretty confident there's going to be a fit. This, you know, in the offseason, the quarterback movement's like a game of musical chairs. Mm-hmm. And when the music stops, there's one guy left standing who doesn't get a job. And at one point, that was Cam Newton, right? And Cam never really got a, another exactly shot. Right. I don't think Russell Wilson's at the Cam Newton point yet. And actually, if you look at Danger Russ's numbers from uh, last <laughs> season, you know, numbers do lie. That's, uh, that's one of those cliches I hate that numbers don't lie because they do lie. A lot of times, stats are padded. Or don't mean as much. You got to look inside the numbers a little bit. Uh, if you look at Wilson's numbers last season, he had 26 touchdowns, eight picks. Yeah, it looks on the surface pretty, pretty good. good. You know, if you had a rookie or a young quarterback who put up those numbers, be heaped praise. Uh, praise would be heaped on the player by the media. No doubt, you know, fans will love the guy. But it's Russell Wilson comes with a lot of baggage. He seems like a diva. You know, none of his teammates in Seattle or Denver, or very few of them, really seem to like the guy. Yeah, and that tells you a lot about him. Uh, he did complete 66% of his passes, but he was sacked 45 times, uh, only 6.9 yards per attempt. You know, it's, it was a lot of short stuff, ball control passing game. He really can't get outside the pocket with his legs and make the big plays like he used to. And that's the thing with mobile quarterbacks. Once you get to the point where you lose a half step or a step, you're not the same player. In this league, yeah. that's a huge difference. Yeah, and Russell Wilson's not the same player because he, he has lost a step. First of all, he gained a bunch of weight. I think he looked like he was in a little bit better shape last season. Yeah. Uh, I would say there's a fit because there are so many teams in desperate need of a quarterback. And we'll look at the chart here in the odds. And you're not really going to know what the fit for Wilson's going to be until after the NFL draft because there's going to be so much quarterback movement you know, around the draft before and after the draft, I think the Atlanta Falcons could be a fit. Oh, that was so interesting you bring them up because that seems to be the glaring team that you go, and we'll figure it out with Arthur Smith now exiting stage left. If the team, the rest of the 52, it felt like they were quarterback deficient, right? With with Taylor Heineke and and Desmond Ritter, what was holding them back was a starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. But everything else felt like it was possibly in place. I don't know if that's the... Tom Brady comparison when he went to Tampa Bay. Because I don't think everybody looked at the Buccaneers then and said they're just a quarterback away. I think Brady was the ultimate difference that helped them win that Super Bowl year one that Tom he went He was, there. but you know what? Tampa Bay had a really good defense. They did. Well, when Brady went there, and I think Atlanta's got the potential to have a really good defense as well. But here's the thing. Tom Brady is a natural leader. He goes in, he gets everybody to follow him. Plus, he's got all the uh, Super Bowls. A lot of credibility behind him. So when he walks in and he talks, even the veteran players in Tampa Bay, we're going to listen. We're going to get behind Tom. He changed the entire culture of that organization. In one year. Yeah, basically. I was going to say overnight, but basically in the course of a year. Russell Wilson's not going to do that. When he walks in the door, a lot of guys are going to be like, I don't know if I want to play with this guy. That's, That's one of the problems. Also, I think the Raiders could be a fit. Mm. You know, we can talk about that a little bit more, but he might be moving within the division from Denver uh, to Las Vegas, but there are some teams out there. So many teams are quarterback needy that uh, he's going to find a spot because he can still play. He can't. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl for you, uh, but can he get you help get you to the playoffs? Maybe you know. And and there are far worse options out there. When you look at the numbers he put up last season, I think he's still got the potential to be a starter and a guy who can win in the league. Well, we know that the Broncos have the 12th overall pick. This was an eight-win team a year ago, did not make the postseason, even though right down the stretch, if they had played better down the stretch, they could have snuck in in the AFC. Uh, when I look back, and you mentioned trading within the division, when I was in Washington, D.C., I remember very well when Andy Reid, then the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, traded Donovan McNabb within the division to the then Washington Redskins. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Normally, that's a tell right there. If Sean Payton and the Broncos were willing to trade Russell Wilson in the division to the Raiders, they don't fear going up against Russell Wilson two times a year mm-hmm. as, a, as a divisional opponent. Uh, the other time I remember is Lorenzo Alexander when he was wrapping up his days in Washington, D.C., 
and I talked to, to Zoe. He was getting ready to go to the Arizona Cardinals way back in the day. And Bruce Arians was then the coach of the Cardinals. I said, man, you guys need a quarterback. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, you, you, you don't have a quarterback. He goes, no, we got one. And they had, at that time, they had basically a guy that you could look at and say, is Carson Palmer a guy you want to play quarterback or play, play for? They wanted to. So there are certain veterans in the league like a Carson Palmer that guys did want to play for late in their career. If you remember, Arizona went all the way to the championship game uh, that year. So there are certain veterans that other players will play for in those examples and others that you go, why are you trading within the division? Russ would feel like he falls in the ladder where it goes now. Nobody's feeling, uh, fearing Russell Wilson if you have to go up against him twice. I think Atlanta would be interesting. What about the Steelers? Uh, they- I'm hearing reports out of Pittsburgh that's not going to happen. Let's look at the odds, by the way. Can okay. we look at the DraftKings odds on the Russell Wilson problem, where yeah, he's going to play next? So there was a lot of hype around, uh, media hype around the Steelers situation last week that Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, we got the Steelers we're going to look at. That's what right. I'm hearing now from reports from uh, – People who cover the Steelers is that's not the case necessarily. That they're not looking for a quarterback like that to bring in to compete with uh, Kenny Pickett necessarily. So and Duck Mace and 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 I guess Duck's the other guy that is going to be in that competition. I mean, legitimately, that's what they're going to be going with Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett at quarterback. That's what the Steelers are going to go with. Well, not necessarily. They're, they're going to bring another quarterback in, yeah. but it's not going to be Justin Fields to compete with uh, Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, on the DraftKings odds, I saw the Raiders at uh, plus 850. And uh, where's Russell Wilson going to play next? Plus 650 now on the Raiders. I think um, that's realistic. The Steelers are even money favorites on this prop. And I think you've got a false favorite here based on what I've read. The Steelers are not going to be in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, if you want to call it that. Uh, but there's the Falcons at 450. And then you got the, yeah, but you got the Broncos as the second choice. He's not going to end up in Pittsburgh or Denver, and that's the two, top two choices on the odds board. So that means you got some value on the other options here because I think the Falcons, uh, the Raiders, Boy. who knows, maybe in the Vikings, Titans are viable options for um, a quarterback like Russell Wilson. I th- say it's highly unlikely, Dave, that the Steelers, who are the favorites here, and the Broncos, who are the second choice, are going to be uh, Russell Wilson's team in 2024. It would have been interesting if the hoodie was still in New England at plus 450, but without Belichick, eh. that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me either. I, so. I do think at 450 for the Patriots uh, probably going to draft a quarterback. Too. Yeah, that's, that's more than likely. All right, let's get to the second half of the NBA. We'll talk a little bit more, more about LeBron and whether or not the Lakers are live in the second half. Come on back. We continue. Follow the money. We know you've been busy with football, which is why the Decent Experts have just released our free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet with the NBA and bet smarter. Future bets right now to make Eastern and Western Conference analysis, plus betting tips for the rest of the NBA season. Visit VEASAN.com slash guide. Get your free copy today. That's VSIN.com slash guide. Matt Humans, are you primed up now for the second half of the NBA season? Are you ready to see who's going to win the chip in the association. Well, the interesting thing about when you say second half of the NBA season, we're way past the halfway it's like point. The second, huh? the fourth quarter of the NBA season. So you like the stretch run. We're a pro, you know, past the, uh, we're headed towards the uh, the final turn and the stretch run. But the Celtics played 55 games. Wow. You know, 42 games, 41, 42 games would be around the halfway point in an 82 game season. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it because uh, I thought the All-Star weekend was so bad. Oh. It was so bad for the league, so bad for the fans, bad for the players, bad for everybody involved. Maybe, you know, if you were in Indianapolis, you might have enjoyed the event because, uh, you know, brought a lot of exposure in the city. Yeah. And it just it seemed like a, a marquee event. But everybody wants to move past All-Star weekend and get the second half, second half of the season, we'll call it. The 20 uh, started plus because I want to get to the point – in the association season where the players and everybody cares about the games. Yeah. So now we're getting to the point where the games mean more. Uh, you might not have as many players sitting out for load management. And uh, I, I do think that the, uh, the second half is going to be far more interesting. Uh, to be honest, I tune out a lot of the NBA nonsense and the noise in uh, November, December, January, until we get past the Super Bowl. First of all, 
98% of my basketball betting is college. Mm-hmm. I don't really bet the NBA. I used to bet the NBA a lot, and I, I got tired of it. The way the league has changed, it's, it's so much more difficult. Well, you have to figure out who's playing in a night and, and night. And I basis. spend so much time on college hoops yep. that I just don't have time for the NBA as much. I, I will bet it on a daily basis once we get to the playoffs. And that's the, that's the the dichotomy of the NBA. It's like the regular season now. It, it's a shame. I'm not saying you can't win as a better during the regular season. You can. Yeah. You got to put a lot of time into it, you know, because knowing who's going to be on the floor it's each day can be a big edge for you as a better yep. if you can get that information. No question about it. And that's why the second half of the season slash the stretch run here before we get to the second season, the playoffs are enthralling. I think everybody then looks at it and goes, now I get a better handicap. At least I know who's going to be on the floor, mm-hmm. barring injury here when you get to, to the NBA uh, playoffs. And really, we saw a play out last year with Miami as an eight seed, get all the way to the Eastern Conference, or get all the way to the NBA finals, uh, rather, and how injuries can play a part in that second half of the season. There is a team, and I want to get back to him. This is not to bash LeBron. We talked a little bit about it at the A block. We, we do want to hear from LeBron because I look at the Lakers, and I do remember what they did last year. They were impressive when you got to the playoffs last year, and they did not until they ran into the Nuggets. Not until they, well, they, they were impressive until they ran into Denver, right? And got swept, got the broom taken to them, and uh, th- then you saw how far the Lakers really had to go. That's right. And so let's hear from LeBron. This is more about. Whether or not he wants a farewell tour, is he going to end his days in L.A.? All of those things that LeBron took on uh, this weekend, which did kind of become a sideshow from the actual sideshow that was All-Star Weekend. Let's hear from the King. I'm 50-50. Um, I'm going to be honest because there's times where I feel like, I guess I owe it to my fans that's been along this journey with me for two decades plus to be able to give them that moment. You know, where it's every city and whatever the case may be, and you know, they give you your flowers, whatever the case may be. You know, and, and, and that seems cool. Um, but the other side of, I've never been that great with um, accepting like praise. That is Hall of Fame worthy. That is top notch LeBron. I mean, seriously, he cannot believe any word that came out of his mouth, but he said it. Matt, it's not for me. I owe it to the fans that have been with me. I, you know, I'm not so good at this adulation stuff. It just doesn't sit well with me. That's kind of like Donald Trump. If you say something over and over again, you can convince yourself it's true. Yes. You can convince other people it's true. I, I, you know, it's with LeBron, just the way he sits there and talks, and he's, he looks like a, a drama queen and a diva. And he says, I owe it to my fans to give them that moment. Yeah. Come on. Not for you. The moment's for you. It's no, not, no, no. Not, not for the fans. LeBron doesn't need it's, it because he didn't know how to accept it. That's what he told you. No, but, so LeBron is one of those quintessential uh, look-at-me players where when the Lakers get knocked out by the Nuggets in the playoffs, what does LeBron do? He talks about, well, I don't know. I might be done. I might, might retire. This might be it for me. He did do that. To take all the focus – off of, you know, the Nuggets accomplishment and sweeping the Lakers out. What did, what did all the media idiots do? LeBron. LeBron might retire. That's what the talk <laughs> was after the game, and that's what ticked off the Denver Nuggets so much. We just swept the Lakers, and LeBron steals the show by saying, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to come back next year. This might be it. 100% he was coming back There's next no year. Chance. You knew he was coming back next season. There was never a doubt about it, and uh, I think everybody's a little bit tired well, you know, 20 years, you have to respect what he's done in oh, the yeah. association. The guys in that discussion is one of the greatest players ever, top five, certainly. Um, you know, I still rank MJ number one. I probably always will. As do I, and no side of LeBron. Guys, yeah. look. Well, MJ's level of uh, competitiveness, he, he was one of those, Michael Jordan, go for your throat yeah. and take you out. LeBron's never had that. You know, he's never really had that killer instinct that uh, you need to be the greatest player ever. Kobe. Kobe and Michael Jordan, two of the greatest competitors I've ever seen. You know, and we could go on and talk about some of the greatest competitors you've seen in other sports. Nobody's going to put LeBron in that type of category. And I think if you're going to be the greatest player ever, you have to have that. You know, you can't take an elbow to the face in a game and then roll around on the floor for five minutes like you've been shot by a sniper. Would you ever see Jordan do that? No. Again. You know, and, and LeBron does that all the time. And, you know, his diva act 
I think uh, wears a lot of people thin. And, you know, here he's talking about, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if I want 50-50 if I want the retirement tour. 100% he wants the retirement tour. So, you know, most of what he says is BS. He says to the TNT crew, I, I found out when you guys did. No I idea. didn't know I was in these uh, discussions to be traded to the war. Are you kidding me? He knew exactly what was going on behind the scenes well, with, with his reps. Yeah. yeah, they're they're the ones orchestrating potentially these deals if he's going to get moved to Golden State. By the way, Golden State right now is the 10 seed in the West. The Lakers are the 9 seed. Lakers are 14 to 1 to win the West. Now look, the West with all due respect to Boston, we know that Boston and Milwaukee feel like the one and twos uh, certainly in the East. In the West, it does feel like you'd be running the gauntlet again this year if you're the Lakers. Does he he's for all the stuff that he says, which is ridiculous, he's still playing at an extremely high level, certainly for his age. There's no doubt oh, about so, that. That's so what I said. You have to respect him as a right. player, no question about it. But can, and, uh, can, can they, Matt, do they have enough, Matt, to No, make they don't have enough. Nothing? No, they don't have enough. They're 30 and 26, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this team is. It's barely, barely over 500 sort of basketball team that's going to struggle to win a playoff series. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the Lakers probably need to make a big move at the deadline, which they were handcuffed a little bit, didn't really have. The big move might have been to trade LeBron to the Warriors. I don't know. But, <laughs> no, I, I, when you look at the West, right now number nine is the Lakers, number ten is the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a minute. That's how good the West is at the top. The Clippers have had the best record in the association since December 1st. You still got to deal with the, uh, the T-Wolves, the Thunder, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Kings. I, I think it's highly unlikely, and I, I would not encourage anyone to bet a Lakers future to win the West because I said when they uh, won the play-in tournament in Vegas, and I did like the play-in tournament, by the way. You I liked it. it. I, I especially liked the, the tail end of it where you could tell the guys were playing with a lot more intensity and yeah. they were playing for something. I did like the NBA play-in tournament. When the Lakers won that, and they hung that banner. I said, that's oh. going to be the last banner that LeBron's <laughs> involved with hanging while he's with the Lakers. It is. That's, that's the last one. And a lot of people might joke and say, I can't believe the Lakers, a, f- a franchise like that, hung a play-in tournament banner. That's going to be the last time they get a chance to hang one for a while. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It made me laugh. And again, <laughs> if you go back to that, it w- did feel like the high mark of their season. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? No question. And so, look, I don't know what's going to become of LeBron. I'm with you. 14 to 1 is not long enough for me in the Western Conference because it is so deep, right? Right now, with the with the Nuggets as the reigning defendings as the four seed, that shows you how good uh, the West really is. I just wonder if LeBron, is he going to end up the way of Shaq? Remember Shaq felt like he played for, so. for a different team every week for a while? I think LeBron's just going to hang on long enough to play with his kid. That's it. Play with Bronny if, you know, for a season. I think LeBron's got one year, one probably – he's still playing at a high level. Yeah, he is. He's got at least one good year, maybe two good years after this, two good seasons, and uh, he can play with Bronny and retire. Nobody wants to see it get to the point where uh, Shaq was at the end of his career, right? It wasn't uh, the prettiest that we saw in Cleveland and Boston. Boston. And <laughs> the Boston uh, Shaq is one you want to forget. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see that, that incarnation. I don't want to remember the Michael Jordan from the Washington Wizards. Hey, I, I covered I, that team. Those yeah. were fun teams, America. I'm telling you. Still pretty cool. Uh, when we get back, Rick Pitino had a lot to say over the weekend as well. So we'll talk some college hoops and get the state of what's going on with the Johnnies. That's next here on Follow the Money. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app, use the promo code VISA when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown can be all yours. Back alongside Matt Humans, Dave Ross here with you. And Matt, I'm, I don't think I'm a sentimental type guy, but there was a 30 for 30 uh, about a decade ago now. Uh, Requiem for a League, the Big East. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I literally cried because no, that was it was my childhood. Like, the Big growing up in the 80s, Big East basketball, whether it was on USA Network, like, you, you just, I couldn't wait. I just wanted to watch, like, Pearl Washington play for Syracuse. And, you know, we got uh, St. John's back then with Chris Mullen and Georgetown. Oh, Georgetown with uh, obviously Patrick Ewing and John Thompson. It's like, like, it was the best conference in college basketball for the while the big east was the beast no doubt about it yeah and yeah. i used to argue with my acc friends growing up in virginia because like no acc's the best i'm like no well, was, duke wasn't duke back then yeah they were they're, getting they're becoming becoming duke, duke. right but uh, it was carolina back right, then and right. yeah i look at the big the big east today and even without the syracuse oranges in, in that league by the way syracuse should get out of the acc and go back to the big east it'll never happen because of football it it's still today it's not the Big 12. I think the Big 12 is recognized as the best conference today. Would you make that assertion that in college basketball it's the best conference? Uh, I would say right now, yeah. Right? Yeah. Probably the Big 12. But the Big East is still really good. And one of the teams I was so excited to see play this year was because of Rick Pitino. For those that are not old sure. like me, Rick Pitino used to be the head coach at Providence. Back in the days, had Billy Donovan. They went to the Final Four. Who they lose to in the 87 Final Four? Syracuse. Like I, those were, those were my, that was my youth. And then now Ricky Pitino comes back, Slicky Ricky, and he's in New York City. And I thought, well, this is going to be a good match. This, this should work. Slick Rick in New York City trying to revive a program that hasn't been revived since Louis Carnesecca days, if we want to go that far back for St. John's. I had a pretty good run there with Mike Jarvis for a little while, a cup of coffee. It's not going so well now. And Rick Pitino had some comments that I dare I say they were interesting at best with Rick Pitino's history since those Providence days when he went to Louisville didn't end well there after Kentucky and the Boston Celtics well traveled this is what Rick had to say about the current state of St. John's take a listen I think they're unathletic 
I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Uh, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Arumph. St. John's is 6-9 and nine in the Big East. They're two games over 500, 14-12 overall. Got off to a great start this year. Uh, Rick went on to say, paraphrasing, we had to take the guys we could get. These are the guys we could get. It's not exactly inspiring. Since those comments, Rick has come back and said, I stand by him. And I wasn't, he wasn't putting anybody down in Rick Pitino's mind. That's not putting down his players. Man, I think it gets back to the age-old question is, can you motivate kids, because these are still kids we're talking about, through the media? Because he's, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I don't know if he's saying those same things to his actual players. But when you make that known to the media and writ large the country, is that effective? Because I think today's kids might be a little bit different than when he was at Providence and he had Billy Donovan. And, you know, maybe he can motivate those guys a little bit differently from player to coach. I don't know that that works in 2024. Not to say he's out of touch, because I think that's the everybody falls back on that. Oh, he's, he's just not in tune with today's players. Well, he might just coach differently, and kids don't like to be coached a certain way. I don't know if that's true for inside that locker room, but on the outside looking in, it doesn't look good. Nothing about this looks good. Makes Patino look bad. And uh, I'm a, I've been a big Rick Patino proponent for years. I, he's a hell of a coach. He mm-hmm. really is. He's got a lot of... Uh, charisma too he knows how to deal with the media he's he's a great quote right very colorful and a lot of times very honest and blunt and he's honest and what he says uh but his assessment of his uh, team after the loss to seton hall over the weekend was um uh, i think a, an embarrassment to patino himself and st john's now the johnny's blew a 19 point lead against uh the pirates mm-hmm End up losing that game 68 to 62. And Patino was frustrated. You know, and he, he actually even lit into uh, the St. John's facilities, called them crappy, for lack of uh, the accurate word <laughs> that we can't use. That's right. And uh, he was asked, Do you regret taking the St. John's job? And he said, No, it's not St. John's, it's my team. Oof. You know, and I, the way we recruited these guys, and they're not tough. And you can't throw your players under the bus. You know, as you head into the most important stretch of the season, now St. John's was 12-4, and four, and it looked like this was going to be a tournament team. Yeah. Had, had wins against Butler, Villanova, Utah, Xavier. Johnny's have now lost eight of their last ten, and uh, the wheels have come off here, and now it looks like it's not going to be a tournament team. But Patino's frustrated. The one thing you can't do when you're a veteran coach is throw your kids under the bus and not take accountability. And uh, this is one of the problems I have with Kyle Shanahan after he lost the Super Bowl. You know, he fires his defensive coordinator. You can say, well, yeah, I can make a case that Steve Wilkes should have been fired as defensive coordinator. I never heard Kyle Shanahan take uh, any of the blame for what happened. There were a lot of breakdowns on the 49ers offense in the first half and the second half. And Kyle Shanahan's in charge of the offense from what I know, okay? He didn't take accountability for what happened. In fact, he threw his defensive coordinator under the bus, and in this case, Rick Pitino is throwing his players under the bus. You cannot do that and expect your players to respond. you got to do it in private, and uh, you know a guy with his motivational ability should be able to bring the best out of his players. What's happened here is Joel Soriano, who's a senior 6'10 post player, is a horse in the low post. Mm-hmm. He was the only guy who came back from last season's team. Pitino chased everybody else out. He says, you know, A.J. Storr, who's now at Wisconsin, he said, well, I wanted to keep A.J. Storr. But I don't think he really made an effort to keep him. Storr went to Wisconsin. He's been a great player for the Badgers. You've got an entirely new roster. It's going to be challenging to make the pieces fit, to get it to work in the first year. But you brought these guys in. You've got to take the blame. You can't throw your players under the bus. We, and then back the bus up and drive over him again. Oh, and, and right. Yeah. And then come back and say, I stand by everything yeah. I said, which is interesting. It does have some some Deion Sanders feels to it in, in Colorado. Deion oh, got him about, uh, about his lineman, uh, right? Uh, that, was, that was bad. It was a bad look, too. Deion, you know, they start losing. When, when they're winning, Deion's taking all the credit and he's all Hollywood and smiles. 
And then uh, when they start losing, well, our offensive line sucks. We got to get a recruit <laughs> new offensive line. Offensive line. Throw our entire offensive line under the bus. I hate it when coaches do this. And no, I would not expect players to respond to it at all. I think if you're a player in that locker room, you're basically saying f you to the coach because. Uh, of what he did to you publicly. And that's what's going to be interesting. They play Georgetown tomorrow, and Georgetown is awful. Patrick Ewing, sadly, as a player, is not walking through that door. That's for sure. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how they respond because it does feel like a team that we thought was a tournament team, as you mentioned, and now it feels like they are an absolute long shot unless they get super hot. I've got a bet on St. John's because I thought there was going to be some potential with this team, and yeah. I expect Patino to maybe work a miracle, and who knows if you get to the Final Four. I got St. John's at 100-1. to one. Well, that's a loser. He's got no chance. Right now at uh, DraftKings, St. John's is at 150 to 1, and at Circus, St. John's up to 250 to 1. And it looks like it's going to take an incredible turnaround for this team just to get to the tournament. And uh, I don't, I don't ex- expect these players to respond to Patino's negative comments. There's one team, there's some similarities here I want to draw very quickly. I saw Sparty was about 50 to 1 right now as a long shot to, to cut down the nets. And I know you talk about how good the Big Ten is and you know where Michigan State is in that pecking order. They're, they're way down right now in that pecking order. But that's something T to the Izzo does too. And he did it to his team earlier this year where he kind of lambasted them publicly and talked about kind of old school, new school. It feels like certain coaches, and Rick Pitino has all of the credentials that a, that a Tom Izzo does, mm-hmm. right, from championships and Final Fours and coaching the Celtics and so it's not like Rick Pitino does it. He just has more baggage than, than an Izzo does, right? You know, so it's interesting when you hear Pitino say, this is the most unenjoyable experience of my uh, coaching. And he went through the Karen Cipher ordeal, so that's saying a lot. Yeah, that, yeah. if you don't know about that, you might want to Google that one, kids. Uh, a, a little hey, bit. Take, uh, take 15 seconds to look it up. Yeah, it won't take long <laughs> to get there. So I just wonder, it feels like they're, they're responding to Izzo because that's the way Izzo is. We'll yeah. find out if these kids I don't respond. think Izzo threw his players under the bus to the extent that uh, Rick Pitino did. Right. Uh, Izzo likes to uh, sit up there and talk about the way it used to be with uh, you know old school players, Michigan State has responded. Spartans yep. have won five of the last six, and they're seventeen and nine, and they are going to be in the tournament. Yeah, I think they're going to be a tough out too, as they always are this time of the year. All right, when we come back for hour number two, let's talk NFC East. Do we have some issues in Philly and Dallas? We'll discuss next when you come back with us here on Follow the Money. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 